You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. Welcome, and I'm glad you're with us. This is, it's Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day weekend, right? Everybody's had time to spend with your family and friends, and hope you've had lots of that. And well, glad you're here with us today. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Myrtle Beach for a week, and so we got back Thursday night. And I'm still going through some withdrawal, I guess, of not being able to walk three blocks down from my house and go to Starbucks and then come back. Okay. Um, so I can't have my daily lunchtime vanilla sweet cream cold brew um, and also be entertained by all the stuff that people order. Have you ever been in there and you listen to people order some stuff and it's like, what is that? Like, it's amazing. Like, uh, like some of the stuff I've seen is like a tall half-calf soy latte at 120 degrees. Like, you can actually specify, I want it this temperature. Like, it's crazy. Yes, you can do that. Some of you are like, I'm going to go try it just for the fun of it. Okay. Or how about a venti iced skinny hazelnut macchiato, sugar-free syrup, extra shot, light ice, no whip. Okay. I don't know how you remember all that. I like to go, this is how I like mine to be. Or a caramel macchiato, venti, skim, quad, extra hot, extra whip, sugar-free, upside down. Like, what is that? Okay. I'm like, I'd be afraid to drink it, you know. But anyway, if you're, you're like a couple of guys I know, like probably Andrew or some of David's this way, you know, you just go in and go, can I have a coffee? Black. That's it, you know. Just make it simple. Um, just a coffee. But but th- that's all choices at Starbucks. You can go do that. And it, no, this is not an infomercial for Starbucks this morning. Okay, I know you're thinking, wow, we're back on that. Okay, now, but do you know how many different ways you can order a Starbucks beverage? How many of you think that it's probably like you can order it 200 different ways? Yeah. How about 500? Some of you are like, yeah, 1,000? I'm just going to keep going just to see where we go, okay? Uh, 10,000? Okay, got, got another taker for 10,000. Here, this will shock you. The company itself claims that you can, there are 80,000 different ways to order a beverage at Starbucks. Isn't that crazy? 80,000. How in the world is that? And what's amazing is, is, uh, back in 1984, there was this guy, John Naisbitt, that wrote a book called Megatrends. Um, I always have to throw in an 80s reference somewhere, and all I could do this time was get a book, okay? Uh, not a song today. But he said, back in 1984, here's the top ten trends or shifts in our world that'll take place. One of those was society changing from a narrow either-or, or some people would say no choice, this is what you're offered and you take it or leave it. Society is changing from a narrow either-or perspective with a limited range of personal choices to one of free-willing multiple options. Like he saw this coming of, man, it's just going to be all about however you want it and companies uh, marketing and saying it's all about your personal choice and what you want and making it your way. Okay, I mean, think about the 70s when... Uh, some of you can do that. Um, the 70s, like, I, I was born in 72, and you get into the early, you know, right up to 1980, there was just like a few networks on TV. Now you got, some of you are like, what does that mean? Okay, that's like free TV. You had like ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it. You had the dial on your TV that like had like three of the ten channels had something on it, right? Um so, so you go back to that, to today where you, the basic package for cable has like 500 channels on it. I mean, this shift has been enormous. Um, now it won't be hard for me on Thursday night. I know what I'm watching regardless of all those other channels because I'm watching the Warriors Cavaliers game, the first one in the series. There's a bunch of other stuff on, okay? Um, 
because I'm rooting for the Warriors. That's why I was hoping Boston Celtics would be in there, and that way Tyler and I could actually go at it a little heavier, but they didn't make it, so it's okay. But I'm a, I am like, if I'd go next, I'd say Celtics. I'm, I'm a big Larry Bird fan, so I'd have to go with the Celtics. I was hoping they'd be in there, but anyway. Next year, yeah, next year. Okay. Um, sounds like a Tennessee fan now. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, but the world is full of choices. It's just so full of choices, and we find ourselves in, in, in this... Um, it's also led us to kind of this culture that does the same thing with God. But instead of like choosing one, and a lot of people may end up doing that, and they say they believe in this one, but instead of choosing one, when it comes to God, instead of making a choice, we have said there's just so many different coffees and so many different channels that we just you just can't choose one. No one does that with TV or coffee, but with God, they all must be good, so don't pick one. I mean, that's where culture has got us to. There is this the belief in our world that says it's all the same. It's all roads lead to God, all paths lead to God. Um, you know, there's the Bible and the Koran and the Book of Mormon. Uh, there's all these holy books and references. There's Muhammad and Krishna and Buddha and Jesus and 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 so what do you do with that? You know. You got Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, um, Christians, all those, and so on. It's it's as if to say uh, God is like this mountain, and of course, with a mountain, there's all these different paths to get to the top of that mountain and to climb that mountain. But there's not just one way because the mountain's so big. That's the thinking, and there are many paths that can be taken. That's what our world says today, as though these different belief systems of the of the world are just different paths to the same God up the same mountain. And you're free to choose whatever path, and it's legitimate, right? And most, most faiths, even other faiths, most faiths affirm that thinking even. They would say, yeah, that's okay for them. Except one doesn't seem to play this game very well. Doesn't seem to follow along with that thinking. It's, it's the world's largest faith. Currently, Christianity. And the main reason, um, besides not being ignorant of the differences, and that we're, that's, that's really what part of that comes down to, is people will say they're all the same, but if you read those books like the Bible, the Koran, the Book of Mormon, all those things, you'll see they're not the same. They're very different and contradictory in their beliefs. And, but the main reasons, besides not knowing those differences, the main reason Christians believe that all roads don't lead to the same place is because Jesus said so Himself. And and there was plenty of religious pantheism and various plurality of religions in His day too when He said this. And this is one of those um, messages at first. It comes off very non-politically correct, and that's okay. Just wait. I'll, I'll explain how we deal with that here in just a little bit. Um, but this is one of the questions that comes up as we've got into this this I know series is here's something that is is something we can know from scripture, but yet we don't really know how to answer people and everybody has these questions and even Christians go around thinking, Well, I guess that's right. Isn't Allah, isn't that just the same God? They just call him something different and we just well, even Christians get confused and, and feel like I can't say anything because I'll be viewed as intolerant. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the main reason for us as Christians that we don't believe that is because Jesus said this Himself. The most direct statement about this issue is found in the account of the life of Jesus written by John in chapter 14. It's a very well-known verse. And there's this discussion about heaven and He's talking to, to people about, to the disciples about, you know, I'll be going away and where I'm going, you're going to be able to go there one day to be with God. And you know the way, and they're going, what are you talking about? We don't know the way. And he says, well, you do know the way. And he says this in 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So I don't know if he could be any more clear about what he's trying to say here 
and, and how that factors into all other religions being the same and it's basically the same, Jesus was making a very specific claim about how this works. And, and I'm not sure if there's any, if there's some part of that where someone might not get what he's saying. Okay? He's clear that there is a God. He's like, there is a God. There's a Father God that's in heaven. He's there. And, and that is true. There is a God, Father God. And he's saying the second part there, the only way to get to that God and be with him as we were made to be is through through him, through Jesus, is what he's saying. He was very specific in his language and his wording here. It's not that he's a way, one of many, or a truth, or a type of life, or no, it's specifically in the language, in the translation, the way, the truth, the life. And to make it unmistakably clear, after he said he has said the only way to him, I'm the way, the truth, the life, is he adds this tag on of nobody comes to the Father but through him. In other words, none of those other belief systems are can get you there. He's being very specific. It was it was shocking and abrasive to people then as it is now. In Acts four twelve, Luke records this. Um, it, it, and he talks about Peter saying this. He's, he's recording what's happening and Luke the doctor and he's talking about the early church and, and he says this in Acts 4.12, and there is, and there is salvation in no one else. He's being very clear here. For there is no other name under heaven, not Buddha, not Allah, not Joseph Smith, any of those, any, it, no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible is very clear and Christianity is very clear about this is how this works. And maybe hearing words like that even in our in our culture today, there's there's some of us sitting here this morning that we think about our friends, we think about our family, we think about um, how the world views that and, and hearing those words even makes us a little tense because the world has defined that as as intolerant. As oh my gosh, I, I I'm maybe I'm not that that's just not good. That's going to be hard for me to deal with, and, and it makes us tense to think that I'm a part of a belief system that says Christianity that would claim that Jesus is the only way. Isn't that so narrow-minded? It just seems to go against the way the world thinks today. Maybe the way some of us think here. And we hear people say it, it's just so intolerant of other religions to say that. It's as if our world today says that the ultimate virtue in a person, like the best virtue you can have, this is what's portrayed by our world today, it is to accept any and all views, lifestyles, whatever, as, as, as valid, equal, true. Like, like, that all views, we have to be tolerant of all those belief systems. If we, if we have that, that's the ultimate virtue in a person. And when you press on what that means, though, that's just what it comes back to when you look at what tolerant means. The word is being abused and isn't even being worded well. If it means what it means, which is to be, to, to listen and be respectful of other people's views and opinions, well, if that's what it means, I'm good with that. The Bible teaches us we should do that. I like that. No problem. If that's what that means. And that's the way I live. Okay? But when you dig into what is really meant by that and by our culture today, it's not just that. It means you must affirm any ideas, all ideas, all choices, all lifestyles, all beliefs to be equally right and true. That's what the world's meaning by tolerant, and that's not the different definition of tolerance at all. That, that's, that is where the word is no longer tolerant, because you can't define tolerance that way. Tolerant, I looked it up to, to just give us a technical definition, because this is, I agree with this. I like tolerance. It says willingness to allow someone to have an opinion or belief or behavior that you don't agree with. It's like saying, you have a different belief, and that's fine. I'm not going to force you not to have that. 
it goes against what I believe, but but I'm not. That's okay. We can still be friends. I'll be tolerant of your belief system being different, but I don't have to affirm, okay? Because in the very nature of it is it it means that to tolerate something is 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 something coming against you that isn't what you believe, and you and you are okay with that. You don't change your belief. You just are okay. Say that's what you believe. That's that's okay. It, it it means being able to endure something that goes against you, what you believe. It doesn't, by definition, definition mean that you have to affirm them as equally right or true. It act, actually goes against what you believe. So don't let someone back you into that tolerant corner. Say, well, let's define tolerant. Let's look up tolerance and let's define that so that we both know what we're talking about. And, and so that we're, we're sharing the same definitions of words because what we may disagree on up front and we think is something we're just against each other on, we may agree on. So let's define tolerance and look, we're both tolerant. That's okay. So stop calling me intolerant because I don't believe or say that's right or true or affirm that. Okay? Because what you're saying is you don't agree with what Jesus says and what I believe from the Bible. So, so if if you define that that way with me, then I have to say, well, you're being intolerant too. You got, you got to put that on an understanding of what you're talking about. Because they want to define it one way with you, but another way in how you get to define that. So, so it's, don't let somebody back you in that kind of corner. They may not even know what the word means. They're just repeating what they hear in media and other people say, okay? But think carefully about this. There's actually, I mean, when you get down to it, you can think about different kinds of tolerance that even the, the Bible refers to or three kinds of tolerance in our world. Actually, like the, this, there's, there's a legal tolerance in our country. I mean, when you think about the First Amendment and our rights to, to constitutional right to believe what we want to believe, nothing in Scripture goes against that idea of giving people a legal right to believe what they want to believe. The Bible is for legal tolerance, okay? And, and and so when you look at that, um, it, it's okay. It's, you go, well, they, they have a legal right to that. That's fine. That's what the law says. There's social tolerance is another type of tolerance that any person has the right to be accepted as a human and as a person regardless of what they believe. They should be loved and shown love regardless of their belief system, and we should be open in our relationships with others as human beings regardless of their beliefs. Okay? Nothing in the Bible that would stand against that. In fact, when you read about Jesus in the Bible and and how he behaved and how he interacted with people, he is probably our best and most huge example of of this of of hanging out with people who were totally different in their belief than he was. Okay? He gave us well, he gave us this this example to hang out with people who aren't like us, who believe, behave differently, think differently, um, have lifestyles different than us, and treat them as people. No matter, treat them as people that matter to God. Regardless of that, Jesus so reached out to prostitutes and thieves and 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 tax collectors and 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 so forth that he was given a nickname. Right? I mean, what was his nickname? He was a friend of sinners. Okay? That was not a loving comment back then. That was not a nickname they gave him to like be a compliment. Okay? They were being derogatory toward him. He, all the religious people that were saying that were not being encouraging. He was so relationally in, in, engaged with people and so relationally accepting that he ate with them in their homes, which back then in that culture was a big deal. Okay? It, it wasn't as casual as it is sometimes for us. Okay? To eat a meal with someone in their home during that time was very significant. It, 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 show, it, it was a very intimate thing to do with somebody. Okay? And, and so, like I can remember being in Honduras and there's a friend of ours there named Pedro. He invited me to his home and, and it was this, I didn't know what, it was a big deal, but it was a big deal. He invited me there, um, to, uh, 
meet his family, his parents. Like we went there, they had this coffee drink with this thing in it called a rosquilla. Okay. And I didn't understand the significance of all this until afterwards when I was talking with some of the other people there we, we do ministry with, the, the people who live in Honduras. And I said, yeah, we went over to Pedro's and they did this. And they were like, right, really? Like, wow. He invited you over and did that. And it was a thing of, um, what that meant was they were accepting you as family. It, it was a traditional come over, meet all of his family and have this and be served this drink. It was a thing of he just what he was saying to you was he accepts you as family as his as his brother. OK, and it was amazing. And and just so you know, if you go with us to Honduras, OK, which we're going to we're planning for a trip in February, we'd love for whoever would like to go with us to go with us. But I'll just warn you, uh, the coffee is really good. Beware the rosquilla. Okay, it's a cornmeal ring thing that I just, I'm not sure like what exactly is all in it. I just know, be careful asking for another cup of coffee. Because I, I was there and I drank this thing and of course you're like, I don't want to offend nobody so you eat the little cornmeal ring in the bottom of your coffee. And then she, the, Pedro's mom comes by and is like, would you like more coffee? And I'm like, yeah. And you get another rosquilla in it, okay? And I'm like, I just wanted the coffee. I didn't. So now I've got to eat another one, you know, and not be rude and that kind of thing. So it, just beware of that, okay? Um, but it but it meant something to go there and do that in their home and meet all their family and be that. It was an intimate thing. So to eat as Jesus did with sinners in that culture. One of the most intimate things you could do with a person was to go to their home and eat with them and their family. To eat in someone's home was to place value on that person. You're saying, man, I value that person. I want to go sit with them. I want to be intimate with them. It's to place, this is a friend of mine. It's to claim acceptance of them into your life and show friendship. So there's this social tolerance, okay? But then there's a thing of intellectual tolerance, okay? This is to, this is intellectual tolerance is to accept any idea or belief as equally valid, equally good, equally true. And it's where Christianity draws the line. It's, it's like if, if someone told you, like if, if I went to, to Bill Hillhouse back here, computer guy, and I, and I said, here's what I believe, Bill. I, I've been reading some stuff and I believe this. This is what you should do with your computers. This is great. This will make them faster. You'll be able to surf the internet better. What you need to do is go in on your computer and get rid of all that malware protection and spyware protection and virus protection. You got to clean out your computer of all that stuff. Okay. And, and, and you want to be the kind of person, this is how you should be, that opens every email and attachment that everybody sends you. Okay. After you delete all that antivirus and all that stuff. And you know that email that you got from that guy in Africa that says he's inherited all this money, but he needs your bank account in order to process the money because of something that's happened to him there, and he needs your social security number and your bank account? You should give that to him. Okay? That's what I believe. Okay? So, are you going to go do that? Well, you're intolerant. Okay? Of my beliefs. Right? You know, that's that's kind of that's intellectual tolerance is for him to do that. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. And, and there's a difference there. Okay. It, it, I can tolerate someone legally, socially, and not do anything they told me to do. I don't have to, I don't have to do that and I can still be tolerant. Okay? But not all views, not all beliefs, not all lifestyles are equally valid and true. So I don't accept that intellectually. Okay? And, and that's just like in that case. Anybody would say, no, Bill doesn't have to do that. That's stupid. Just because you believe that doesn't mean he has to do that and believe that. And he's not being intolerant. It's just he knows that's not true. Okay, he doesn't think that's the best thing to do, so he doesn't have to do it, and he's not a jerk for not doing it. Okay, when our world talks of tolerance, don't they just mean legal and social tolerance? 
Surely they don't mean intellectual tolerance. Who would do that? But it gets put on us as Christians to do that. Or, or we're just terrible people. But nobody does that. Okay? And when you look at Jesus, He wasn't simply making a declaration that He was the way. He is making that declaration. But He is also inviting people and showing them the way. He wasn't rejecting people legally or socially. He was telling people the truth out of love for them and inviting them into that. So God is not confused about who He is and what He stands for or how things work. He's not confused about that at all. There's one God and one way, and that is simply true, and God came to make that clear to us all. It's not exclusive and excluding people. Christianity is inclusive and including of all people. Anybody can come to the Father through Jesus. Doesn't matter how bad you are, giving everyone a chance to make it to God is through Jesus. Okay? And Jesus didn't say, I'm the way for some people, for just the good ones. He said He's the way, period, for anybody. Now, you understand that doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that all religions are inherently, um, are like all bad or all wrong all the way through. Okay, Even C.S. Lewis wrote about how other religions may contain hints of truth. Now stay with me on this, okay? Because I'm scaring some of you already. Okay, When it comes to religion, some beliefs are just closer to the truth than others. Okay, I mean, just like you would say, okay, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Okay, that's true. We, we would go that, yeah, that's true. Okay. Now, I could ask Tony, 2 plus 2 equals what? And he may say 6, okay? And then I ask Tyler, and Tyler says it's 22, okay? Now, Tony's just closer to the truth than Tyler is, okay? But the truth is 2 plus 2 equals 4, okay? That's, that's just the way it is. Now, now, think of this. If all truth is God's truth, okay, He owns it. Okay, there's, there's all this that's true. Then there's, then it's true. Then that truth is true no matter where I find it. Okay? Buddhism would say there's a lot of suffering in the world. So does the Bible. Okay? And that's, and it says it's mostly a result of our own desires and actions. Okay? I'd agree with that. It tells us, you know, a lot of religions say don't steal, don't murder, don't be sexually immoral. Um, all of which is, is, is in the Bible, right? So I can appreciate that truth in that religion, but that's God's truth. Okay? He owns it. Okay? Not Buddha. Okay? I agree with those parts of Buddhism because of that. Okay? But just because you have found some truth in parts or pieces of other religions doesn't mean that you have found an equally valid path to God. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Okay? In fact, the road that religion leads you down with its other parts and pieces may lead you in the opposite direction from God, not to Him, even though it contains some of that truth and enough to sound good, and then you're off on the wrong path. The road that that, that religion leads you down, regardless of its true pieces, would lead you in a totally opposite direction than God, and you won't get to the top of that mountain. Even though there are truths that are compatible, the actual central teachings of, like, say, Buddhism, are not compatible at all. Okay, Buddhism doesn't even believe really in a higher being or power. Okay, may not know that. Okay, it, it's it's in, a, in it's in essence an atheistic religion. Okay, 
Christianity and Buddhism are not two ways up the same mountain. These are two totally, it's just two totally different maps. Okay? And it's true with other major religions as well, between Christianity and others. Now, I, I, I just don't really have time to go into all of it, um, of the comparisons. I wish we had time for that, but you, you can look them up for yourself. That's where you got to be knowledgeable about other religions and other faiths. Because, um, I mean, even Muslims, it's, it's, you're supposed to love other people, but then kill others. I mean, there's things that are the same that you'd agree with and some things that you wouldn't. Okay? And there's different variations within each of those religions. Okay? Christians believe in one God. Hindus believe in hundreds of millions of gods. Okay? Maybe unlimited. Okay? Not only do Muslims not think Jesus is God, they don't even rank him in the top of the prophet scale. Okay? They would put him as what we would call a minor prophet. Definitely not the savior of the world. Nor the second person of the Trinity. Definitely don't agree with that. Okay? And when there are discrepancies like that between religions, you can say that one is right and all the others are wrong, or you can say that everything is wrong then, but what you cannot say, and it doesn't even make logical sense, is you cannot say that everybody's right. It just makes no sense when they say different things and contradict each other. One's right and the others are wrong. All of them are wrong, but they can't all be right if they say different things. That's just logical, okay? You can't have contradicting statements and then say they're essentially the same. And it's not just trivial issues, it's important facts about God and who He is and how you have a relationship with Him, okay? So to put it simply, Christianity makes a claim that no other religion does. To say that Jesus is the only way is not to be legally or socially intolerant. However, it is intellectually intolerant, which is something everybody does every day about all kinds of different things. Okay? And just because there may be some truth in other religions does not mean they are an equal or valid way to God. Okay? And this is just something that people have questions about today and it comes at us and we need to understand how to talk to people about it. You have to define. When you have a conversation with somebody and you say, do you believe in God? They may say, yeah, I believe in God. Okay, well, good. We're on the same page. Let's carry on in our relationship. No, no, no. It's just like the word tolerance. You've got to define that. When, they, when you say God, what do you mean by God? Who is God? I mean, I, you can go online and, and look up on YouTube you know, things about uh, interviews with people on the street, who is God? And you'll get everything from I, the people that'll say, well, God's in me. Really, I am God. I, I heard one guy say, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm God because I'm God of my own life and my world and what I see. I dictate what I do and what I choose. Everything from that to nature is God, to uh, science is God, to um, all kinds of variations. Everything's God. Okay? So, and just to say we both believe in God doesn't mean we necessarily believe in the same thing. We've got to be clear. What, what do you mean? Who is God? Okay. So, so what really, you know, gets to people is when you get to this point of when you, when you kind of come down to it, you, you just, when you get down to it, when people say, I just can't buy into Jesus is the only way because I have friends and I have people I love and I can't believe that, um, I just can't believe in a God who would send this person that I know that's such a great person, such a good person would send them to hell. Who would allow that to happen to someone um, who, and this person has made a great difference in the world. How in the world could they be in hell? Because Christian, and I can't, there's people that can't understand that because they go, I can't, Christianity is saying that like, even the Dalai Lama, I mean, he's such, it's, you know, even, uh, Gandhi is in hell. Really? Christianity says it? How can people so good end up in hell, right? So what you're saying is that everything is really determined by how good you are. 
This, this is a big plague, even in the Bible Belt, that we have this thinking of it's all about how good you are. That the goodness meter is really what does it when it comes down to it. Bottom line is how you behave and how good you are. Right? And in addition, you're saying that this goodness is in relation to other people, not on some other standard. We, we put that goodness scale based on other people. And so really we're saying God should grade on a curve. Okay? And, and people don't want a God who doesn't grade on a curve. I mean, when you're in school, who, who loved it when they graded on a curve? I'm, I'm down with that. Okay? That helped me pass some classes. Okay? Um, and so we, we love getting graded on a curve. When the real deal is, God doesn't grade on a curve. There is no curve. Okay? And, and God just grades however He wants to, and it doesn't matter what we think. And that's okay, because He's God. Okay? So, but we all like the bell curve. Okay? So let's understand this a little bit. Well, I've got this right here. Hopefully you can see this. But we we like the bell curve, right? It kind of looks like a bell, right? And so we have this bell curve, and let me get my graph out here so I'll do this right. We have this bell curve, and there's like, in a typical bell curve in school, sorry if you guys can't see that, there's like 2%... Um, at the top and bottom. This is just typical. Uh, different variations of this, but all basically run about the same thing. Um, you've got these divisions, and there's like 14%, 30, what is it, 34? There's like 34% and 34% in these areas, another 14% here, and then you've got your 2% out there. Okay, and 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 we love it. So, like, let's say there's a hundred people in a class, and the top score is a seventy-five. Okay, so this person that's a seventy-five now becomes an A. They're like the top score in the class. So now they would have had a C, but now they get an A, right? They scored. They're 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 seventy-five. Is now an A. Okay. And then you've got, so you've got like two people that get an A, right? That may get an A up there. And then you've got 14 people. They scored like a 68 or 70, which would be what, a D in our grading scale today? But now they've got a B, right? Like a, like a 68. Now, now, now it gets a B. And then, uh, you could have as low as 33% and get a C. 33 to 67, if you scored that on the test, you get, you get a C. And you got a 33. Okay? And you can, and you'd have to get 25% or below on the test to be out of it altogether. You could have a, what, a 26% on the test and still pass with a D, get by. You didn't, you got a fourth of the stuff right. We love curves, don't we? Okay. So, so think about, so, and here's what happens is, is we, we end up applying this. We like the bell curve. So we apply that to God. And here's what we do. We go, oh, that 2%. Oh, that's, that 2%. That's, that's like Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and man, they're really good people. And so they get an A. They're in for sure. Right? And then we come over here and go, well, this, this next little 14%, that's like some really spiritual superstars like missionaries and pastors. Right? That, that's like the really super spiritual people. People that, that actually read their Bible every day or pray or, you know, do those kind of things. Okay? Now, now there's all, this 2% down here. These are like killers and murderers. It's Hitler and, Jeffrey Dahmer, and they're like in this 2%. Definitely not making it. Okay? They, they fail. Okay? And then, then this, this other little 
14% of people in here. That's some people that's kind of weird and sketchy. You know, you just kind of like, mm, they got some weird stuff going on. They've never killed anybody, but, you know, I'm just not sure. Don't think they're going to make it. Um, you know, can't keep a job. Okay. That's, they're, they're down, they're a little sketchy. Okay. But here's what we like. We go, but us, there's 68% of the people that fall into this big middle category. They get, we get a C. We pass. Because we're good people. We're okay. How in the world would God send those people to hell? I mean, we're no Mother Teresa and, and no missionary pastor, but we're good people. Right? And surely God will grade on a curve. So we'll all be okay. And we all feel okay because we're comparing ourselves to other people. And we're like, God will surely grade on a curve. Surely He will. But here's the thing, with God, it's, it's pass-fail. There, there is no A, B, C, D, F, and only the F people go to hell. There's no curve. It's 100% perfection or not at all. And it has nothing to do with how good you are because you can't pass His test. You can't. Okay? And let me give you something to use like to, to help us close this out to, to understand. This, this is something I've used in the past. This is a, originally I saw it with a guy named Bill Hybels used this. I did it one time with an actual big ladder on the stage, but this is something you can actually help to talk to people to understand this with. Okay? Um, Let's say, well, which is true. The Bible says that here's God at the top. We're trying to get to God. Um, that's the mountaintop. All roads lead to God is what people say. But God is here, um, and He is holy. He is perfect, um, completely righteous, uh, just. Um, he's all... He's, he's, Agape love, all those characteristics. It's God. Here, and here's the standard. You have to meet His standard to make it to heaven. Okay? So let's think about this. Okay? So what religions try to do is build this ladder to God and say, I'm going to work myself there because it's about how good we are and God grades on a curve, right? So, you know, really, like we said, you know, Hitler, um, these kind of people, you know, they, they're all at the bottom. There, there's no way. They've not even got on the ladder because they're so bad. Okay? But then, who would you say, like, think about somebody who is uh, totally, you'd go, man, they, they are a good, the good, best person, about said goodest, the, the best person you absolutely know or, you know, that, that would hit the top of the, the good scale. I mean, you know, people automatically just go, well, Mother Teresa, uh, motor, Mother Teresa, or Teresa if you're Italian, I don't know. Mother Teresa, um, amazing, okay? We would go, man, she's probably at the top of the ladder. Um, somebody in our day still alive that you would go, um, great guy, Billy Graham, um, and, and here's the deal. This distance right here can't even be put on that piece of paper. We can't even fathom the distance. Even Mother Teresa would say, I fall so short of God. Like there's no reason He should accept me. Like in my own self, I am a sinner and, and, and worthy of nothing. That's what she would say. And Billy Graham would say, I can't touch Mother Teresa. You know, even in myself, I feel like I should be down here. And when I understand my sin and who I am. Okay? And this divide is so much bigger than we ever imagined. There's no curve that can make that up. Okay? So, so if this, and you can ask people, you know, if you draw this ladder and draw this and say, ask them, who do you think is a good person? Who do you think, you know, they're probably going to come up with some of this stuff. Who's bad? Okay. Not Michael Jackson. Okay. 80s reference. I got it in there. Good deal. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, you know, so where on this scale would you put yourself? Okay. I know I'd definitely put myself below Billy Graham and it'd probably be way down here. Okay. Because I know how screwed up I can be. So where would you put yourself? See, and there's this gap up here that we can't even get across, but we think because we're in that 68% in the middle, we're, we're kind of okay. You gotta get across this. There's nobody good enough. There's n- none of us are okay in and of ourselves. None of us are good enough to earn anything. And only Jesus can make up this gap. It's not based on any of our goodness. And I've even asked family before and said, why do you, why do you think you're going to heaven? Like, you think you're going to heaven? Yeah, I'm a good person. I never killed nobody or robbed a store or I don't do drugs or I've had people tell me that. I'm like, you can't be good enough because perfection is the standard. We all need Jesus to get to God. We must be reconciled to God and only Jesus provided a way for that. That's why we are intellectually intolerant of anything else because that's just true. It's the only payment that's ever been made that can pay for our unrighteousness so that we can be righteousness, which is simply thinking of this as righteousness is having a right standing with God. Only Jesus can give us that. So it's this thing of this part I know. Okay? This I know. Jesus is the way. Only Jesus can get you to the top of the ladder with God. Only because of what Jesus has done can any of us stand before God good enough. I don't care how good you think you are. And Jesus died on the cross in our place for our sin so we could have that righteousness applied to us. So the the thing becomes, where do you choose to be? Do you choose to be where Gandhi is? where the good people are? Or with God, where the redeemed, forgiven people are that have been saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ? That's it. It's the only way to do it. And this is what I love about this too. Okay, When I talk about this, I, I, I think sometimes we pass over the part that says you can't be good enough but here's the here's the beautiful part of it, okay? You can't be too bad either for him to redeem you. Like you can't go, well, Marty, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that are in my past or what's what's in me. You don't you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter because you can't be good enough and you can't be bad enough that Jesus can't redeem you. You're not more powerful than Jesus. The Bible talks about it over and over and over about. Adam and and what came through Adam and death to all people through sin, delivered death through Adam. But how great is the life that's provided through Jesus Christ that is so much greater than the death that was brought through Adam. Like Adam is not, and sin that came through him is not more powerful than Jesus. Okay? And you aren't either. So all you do is say, you know, I, I see that and that I believe that and I've been, I've been hanging on to my sin and just rejecting God and being the God of my own life or, or following so many other things. But, but I see Jesus and, and who He is and what the truth is and I'm just going to surrender to that and place my life in the hands of Jesus. And I believe He died on the cross in my place for my sin that I could be redeemed and forgiven of those things. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and begins to change you. And you start to, and you turn from that sin and you begin to walk in a new life and a new light that God gives you. And, and no matter what you've been through or where you're at, you can have that. And then you get to go into the world and look at other people and go, yeah, legally I, I, 
I, man, I, I love to tolerate you legally, socially. But you know, intellectually we disagree and that's okay because socially we can still be friends. We can still hang out together. We can still eat at each other's house. We can still go do things together. But it doesn't mean I have to agree with what you believe. And I'm hoping one day you see the truth. And it's okay until then. I've had conversations with so many people that I'll say, the only reason you and I can't be friends because of our difference in belief is because you won't be my friend. Not because I won't be yours. I know the world tells you that Christians are this way and man and get out of here if you're not like us. That's not what the Bible teaches. I'm okay with that. The only reason we won't be friends is because you won't be friends with me. So I'll go hang out with you. Now we can have discussions and we'll disagree. We'll still go hang out. We can still go to Starbucks. No matter how weird what you order is, it'll be okay. But we got to understand where our world is and what tolerance means and how we as Christians then can interact with people and help people understand where we're coming from. So let's pray together. If that's you today of understanding it's not about your goodness, but about Jesus and what He did for you. It's not about what you have done or can do. It's about what Jesus has done for you. If that's you and you want to place your life in His hands today, just have that conversation with Him right now. I hope you've already done that. But if not, you can do that right now. Just, God, best I know how. I'm turning to you. I believe this is the truth, that your Son Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want that. Forgive me of my sin. I turn from it. I turn from myself. And I turn to You. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit and help me to be Your ambassador on this earth to live with a new and great purpose. Being a part of Your story in the world. Father, I just pray for all of us that we would understand where people are. That we would be people who listen. Who respect other people regardless of what they believe, that we would show love, as we've said before, that we would believe conservatively, but love liberally. That we would be the kind of people who would just love people, hang out with people. Doesn't mean we have to do what they do or believe what they believe. But that we would accept people where they are. Father, may we just keep in focus our real purpose because we get so clouded and it gets a bit to be about so many things. And Father, I just want to be a part of a people whose purpose is to show You to other people. To point people to You. That we would be about sharing the love of Jesus Christ with our friends and our neighbors and all kinds of people. Even around the world in places like Honduras. Father, I pray for the efforts there. I pray for our efforts here as You have called us to do these things. And I thank You for Jesus who makes it all possible. Who loved us so much that while we were still sinners, He, he died for us. Even in the midst of our unholiness and falling short, that Jesus would come and do that for us. May we have that kind of love for other people. Grow that in us. Build that in us, Father. May they, we share that with one another, even here today. And we just thank You in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Amen.